Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today, we are talking about the Hexblade Warlock. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't mean to come out so soft. Welcome um, to our ASMR welcome, podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Dungeon Cast ASMR. Um, you know, I've been thinking... Um, you know, I know it's a little late to be thinking this. We've done what two hundred and ninety something episodes. Um, oh yeah, this is two eighty nine. We're clocking. Yeah, we're clocking. So people are counting down three hundred already. Yeah, it's a little early. Wait till next episode, baby. <laughs> For sure. Um, most people don't know this about me. I actually prefer my to go by my full name, which is William. But I always introduce myself as Will because it's usually what people default to, anyways. Yes, and it it, it very much confused me. Like we ran into that a couple months ago, and yeah. I introduced you as Will. As like I actually prefer William. I was like, but you call yourself Will it's, on the show. I, yeah, and <laughs> I think about it back when I did it. I did it because it was shorter, and because everyone in my life calls me Will, except for the people who are very close to me, which call me William. Um, I don't. Should I change it, or should I just? Keep, I mean, we're two ninety in. Like I can't change it now, right? I I wouldn't I wouldn't let the history of this show. I'm gonna think about it. Burden you into being cornered like that. I think yeah. you follow your heart. Your heart is screaming to be called William. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, in the comments, people let me know. Would it would it absolutely shatter your your view of the show if suddenly I start saying, uh, "My name is William." Yeah, and uh, whatever you say, end your sentence with comma William. You know what I mean? Like it would not bother me, William. Or do you need a comma there? I don't think you do. It would not bother me, William. <laughs> Or it would bother me. You don't me. have to start talking to me like I'm a robot. Or say it would bother me. Well, well, that's the thing. Is like it's new, so it's it going to sound a it's little familiar. Yeah, it's like yeah. when Disney kids curse. It's a thing. Yeah, it sounds so unnatural out of oh, the house. Okay. You got to break the rust off. All right, let's get back to D and D. Let's. Yeah, well, you didn't talk about D and D at all just then. <clears throat> no, we did not. Um, <laughs> today we're covering my favorite subclass of one of my favorite classes, the Warlock. 
um, and this subclass is called the Hexblade. Mm. So before we get into it, as much as I love this subclass, I also have one super major issue with it. Oh, this subclass is like like all of the packs. It is tied to a very specific style of entity, um, which you wouldn't think I have a problem with, except for. The hex. Okay, so how do I say this? So the hexblade is tied inherently to the Shadowfell, specifically in a lot of cases to the Raven Queen, mm-hmm. uh, in five e. But the thing is, the reason that the hexblade exists as a class is because of editions past, where the hexblade was a type of warlock that you could be. Um, they tried to integrate this immediately in five e by having um, the three styles of warlock that you could be. What is it? Pact of the Blade, Pact of the Chain, and Pact of the Tome. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the Pact of the Blade sucks ass. And people yeah. were not happy with it, and it did not feel anything like the Hexblade from previous editions. So they decided to come out with a Hexblade um, subclass, which is great, except for it's not great if you if you don't want to be tied to the Shadowfell. Because in editions past, the Hexblade was a type of warlock you could be, but you could still be any of the packs. So you could be a, a Fey Hexblade. You could be an Infernal one. You could be a Great Old One Hexblade. Um, this has kind of eliminated that, and it's because of that that I'm fairly positive this is i don't have anything to back this up but i if i were to guess i would say this is probably the single most reflavored subclass in the game okay because it's easy to reflavor it yeah and it's just like if you're familiar with hex blades of the past like it's you you would feel very stifled being locked into the shadowfell with it i see my opinion okay all right that's good to know it gave me an idea for to pitch to wizards here's another one for you wizards you can just have this a book called editions past that helps you um tweak old mechanics to fit new 5e stuff go ahead that's it oh yeah that that'd be awesome that'd That'd be be really cool i would buy that book here's what you could if you want to take the second edition ability and like apply it to 5e here's how you could do it it gives you ideas not maybe some official like writ hard written stuff but more like malleable than that you know yeah absolutely for your own game all right with that being said let's get into the hexblade i would love that i love that a lot you have made your pact with a mysterious entity from the shadowfell a force that manifests in sentient magic weapons carved the stuff of shadow. The mighty sword Black Razor is the most notable of these weapons, which have been spread across the multiverse over the ages. The shadowy force behind these weapons can offer power to warlocks who form packs with it. Many Hexblade warlocks create weapons that emulate those formed in the Shadowfell. Others forego such arms, con- content to weave the dark magic of that plane into their spellcasting. Because the Raven Queen is known to have forged the first of these weapons, many sages speculate that she and the Force are one, and that the weapons, along with Hexblade Warlocks, are tools she uses to manipulate events in the material plane in her inscrutable ends. Now, is that the new 5e Raven Queen? Yeah, it's a new 5e Raven Queen. Okay. The one that no one likes. The one, actually, it's pretty. it seems split. Like, you either love this one... Or you love the old one. Like you love uh, one of them. What, uh, from my limited uh, exposure in the comments, it seems that most people don't care for this one. But yeah, maybe it, I'm it, wrong. I think the you're gonna get some haters based off of like you change the cool old thing I love. And right. Like I get that. Yeah. But like But I mean, I would go as far as I've read a lot of comments of like I didn't know anything about the 41, but the 41 sounds way cooler. Uh, that's where I'm at. You know, yeah. we do we do actually do see a lot of comments like that. Um, but yeah. I do on our we made like dedicated Raven Queen videos, mm-hmm. um, like separate from this podcast on mm-hmm. YouTube. And mm-hmm. like the comments on the part two with the five E Raven Queen are fairly positive. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. very I think true. In a bottle, this there was five E Raven Queen is cool. Yeah, in a bottle, absolutely. <laughs> 
So the first thing you get as a Hexblade is, of course, uh, the thing that all uh, Warlocks after, I believe, the Player's Handbook get, Expanded Spell List. Yep. That's another thing I will want them to go back to. Let's go back and let's look at the Fae, Infernal, and Great Old One one and give them Expanded Spell List. They deserve it. Um, but this one, the Hexblade, lets you choose from an Expanded Spell List. When you learn a Warlock spell, the following spells are added to the Warlock Spell List for you. So uh, first level spells, Shield and Wrathful Smite. Second level, uh, Blur and Branding Smite. Third, Blink and Elemental Weapon. Fourth, Phantasmal Killer and Staggering Smite. And fifth, Banishing Smite and Cone of Cold. Those are pretty good. All Those very all good, good spells. spells. Absolutely. At first level, you get another feature called Hexblade's Curse. Starting at first level, you gain the ability to place a bale for cur Baleful Curse on someone. As a bonus action, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The target is cursed for one minute. The curse ends early if the target dies, you die, or you are incapacitated. Until the curse ends, you gain the following benefits. You gain a bonus to damage rolls against the cursed target. The bonus equals your proficiency bonus, which, you know, starts at two and ends at six. Um, any attack roll you make against the cursed target is a critical hit on a roll of 19 or 20. Very That's good. Fucking so cool. Yep. If the cursed target dies, you regain hit points equal to your warlock level plus charisma modifier. Um, that's also great. Like this turns what is mostly kind of a squishy ranged fighter into someone who can really get up in it. Yeah. I think people overlook like you're doubling your chance to crit. Yeah. You know, you're doubling it. You're going from 5% to 10% chance yeah. to crit. That's exactly. so good. It's very much so. And then when you when you get the kill, you self-heal. Yeah. It's um, also fun. You can't use this feature again until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, you get another feature at level one. This is a very front-loaded subclass. This is probably one of the most heavily multi-classed into subclass because yeah. it's so front-loaded and it's so good. It's already really cool, the multi-class warlock in general. Right. And then this just makes it that much better if you're trying to, like, mix um, some sword fight or melee fighting with with spell casting mm -hmm. uh, but this feature is called hex warrior at first level you acquire the training necessary to effectively arm yourself for battle you gain proficiency with medium armor shields and martial weapons uh, which is good because normal warlocks don't uh, the influence of your patron also allows you to mystically channel your will through a particular weapon whenever you finish a long rest you can touch one weapon that you are proficient with and that lacks the two-handed property when you attack with that weapon you can use a charisma your charisma modifier instead of strength or deck so you don't have to spread your ability score as much um for the attack and damage roll sorry should have finished that sentence uh this benefit lasts until you finish a long rest if you later gain the pact of the blade feature which you're probably gonna uh this benefit extends to every packed weapon you conjure with that feature no matter the weapon's type that's pretty cool yeah. um so it has to, i have a question about this the, mm -hmm. the um has to lack the two-handed property so it can't even have the option to two-hand it yeah it has to be a one-handed weapon okay yeah so it can be a versatile weapon right but it can't Just be a two-handed weapon like, yeah. is that a rapier is a one-handed weapon yes yes okay um you could use i believe a long sword is or is a bastard sword the bastard sword is versatile but you can one-hand it so it's fine Oh, okay. So as long as you can one-hand it, not that because the wording here says it lacks the two-handed. Yeah, property. and the like two-handed property. The option. Yeah, the two-handed property is basically you have to wield it with two hands. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it this is a front-loaded subclass. You get all that at level one, and then your next feature rolls in. Excuse me. At level six, it is called a cursed specter. <laughs> I like this feature. I think this feature isn't uh, considered like one of the most like uh, optimal things that you can get but i think this thing's fucking cool 
I mean, you don't really have a choice with these ones, right? No, you don't have a choice, but yeah. I'm just like in comparison to other level six mm. features out there. Okay. So a curse is specter. You can curse the soul of a person you slay, temporarily binding it to your service. When you slay a humanoid, you can cause its spirit to rise from its corpse as a specter, the statistic for which are in the monster manual. When the specter appears, it gains temporary hit points equal to half your warlock level, so it's a little buffer than your average specter. Roll initiative for the specter, which has its own turns, which is awesome. It's fucking great. That is cool. It gets its own turns, unlike the Beastmaster Ranger's Beast Pet. Uh, it obeys your verbal commands and it gains a special bonus to its attack rolls equal to your charisma modifier. So it hits harder too. So it's a better specter. What's, I got the specter stat block here. Yeah. What's the challenge rating? That bad uh, boy? Challenge rating is down here where it doesn't matter. Actually, oh, it's up here on the right. So it's, it's even one. further down. It's challenge rating one yields 200 experience points. Yeah. So yours is stronger than a challenge level one specter. Yeah. <laughs> cool that's freaking cool the specter remains in your service until the end of your next long rest at which point it vanishes to the afterlife once you bind a specter with this feature you can't use this feature again until you finish a long rest so um i think it's awesome i think it's super flavorful i think it's fucking scary and i think it i think it sounds powerful and fun yeah like th that i think that ability is really cool so we have an armor class of 12 an hp of 22 or 5d8 it doesn't have any walking speed but it flies at 50 feet that's hover really can't cool. be knocked prone uh, one strength, 14 dex, 11 con, 10 intelligence, 10 wisdom, 11 charisma. But this thing is an extra body on the board, and that's great. Resist, exactly, yeah. Resist acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. Pretty defensively powerful. It's immune to necrotic and poison. Uh, its conditioned immunities are charmed, exhaustion, grappled, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, prone, restrained, unconscious. Absolutely. Awful. Has dark vision at 60 feet, passive perception of 10. Languages understands all languages new in life, but can't speak. So good luck, DM. Incorporeal movement. Oh, <laughs> I'm a fucking ghost. <laughs> I speak common. <laughs> the specter can move through other creatures and objects if they were difficult terrain. It takes five 1d10 force damage if it ends its turn inside an object. Sunlight sensitivity when the sunlight the specter has dis when in sunlight the specter has disadvantage on attack rolls as well as on wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. It can use life drain melee spell attack plus four to hit with reach five feet one creature. It's going to hit for ten or three d6 necrotic damage. The target must succeed on a dc10 constitution saving throw or its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken this reduction lasts until the creature finishes a long rest the target dies if this effect reduces its hp maximum to zero it's a cool friend to have on the board yeah definitely so next up uh you get a feature at level 10 it's called armor of hexes your hex grows more powerful. If the target cursed by your Hexblade's curse hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to roll a d6 on a four or higher. The attack instead misses you regardless of its roll. So that's great to use against crits. You'll probably, like, you'll get crit way less because you have a 20%, what is that, 20%? Yeah, 20% chance of just making it not happen. That's fucking dope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 33, 33% actually. Um, and finally, I'm not checking your math. Yeah. Someone else is going to do that for me. It's 33%. Um, <laughs> finally, at level 14, you get your final feature for the subclass called Master of Hexes. You can spread your Hexblade's curse from a slain creature to another creature. When the creature cursed by your Hexblade's curse dies, you can apply the curse to a different creature you can see within 30 feet of you, provided you aren't incapacitated. When you apply the curse in this way, you don't regain hit points from the death of the previously cursed creature. So. Um, basically curse ad infinitum basically yeah um which is great i will say this um you know 10 is cool you know you can you can basically make hits not happen on you you have a chance to you know sure level 14 is cool you can do your hex blades curse multiple times and level six is awesome you can get a summon of an undead friend that being said 
the most powerful bit of this thing is literally all at level one. Right. Level That's th- why it's a popular yeah. multi-class. Yeah. Level three, if you really want that Pact of the Blade uh, feature that you can choose as as a warlock. But, like, yeah, this thing, like... Front-loaded. There's absolutely front-loaded. no reason to dip further into warlock than level one with this thing unless you really want, like, something very specific. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's super front-loaded. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's fun. I don't think it's broken or needs to be re reimagined. I think it's super cool. Yeah, short rest spell slots are very cool to have. Yes. Always. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and your your curse, you know, you can do it once per short rest. And, you know, depending on how your campaign goes, you might only have one encounter per, sh- per short rest, at which point you just have it all the time. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, being a, a warlock means you're probably going to have to promote being short rest machines in the party. It's just the way it is, because once you're out of spell slots, that's it. You're yeah. not really doing anything, diff- anything unique. Like you're just going to be having the same combat over and over again, like a fighter. Right. Exactly. It's, you know, fighters. I'd like to encourage fighters to manipulate the environment if they can to kind of flavor up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, dude, you're doing the same. We're spending an hour in combat. and You're doing the same fucking thing for like 10 rounds. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it gets tough. It's like I'm the fighter. I'm supposed to fight. And now we're fighting and it's boring. It can be. It, it can, can be, be boring, yeah. But do things to not be boring. I think it's time we take a short rest and then build some characters. That's right. Let's We're going to build some characters, mother truckers. <laughs> shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to, shout out to, shout out to Demogorgon. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to, shout out to. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We've returned. Indeed, we have. Fucking back. <coughs> We're talking about warlocks. Indeed, we are. We're doing two warlocks in a row for our character thing, character stuff. Have we ever done it before? No, no. Yeah. We we this is we're on number two out of two, right? In a row. Oh yeah, we did. We don't usually do back to back of the same class, but it just happened this time. It's cool. So. I fucking love warlocks. Yeah. So that just means it's going to be a long time before we talk about them again. Probably. Probably. Uh, okay. So Will and I can't decide who's going to go first. And what do we do when we can't make a decision about something? When you play D and D, is you roll some fucking dice about it's it, baby. So let's fucking do it. High roll gets to go first. It's not a choice. You just go first if you roll higher. One, two, three. I rolled a nat one. It almost was 19, but your mouse bumped it, and then it became a one. I got a seven, which is not good. But better um, than a natty one. Better than a nat one. So okay. I'm definitely going first. All right, tell me about your hex blade, Brian. Welcome to the Herringon verse, everybody. It's oh, back. I built a small Herringon again. Um, my Herringon is named Valheim Leporide the Basset. Okay, that's the Basset. What does that mean? Um it okay let me let me oh. i don't want to say it wrong. i mean what are you beset by um my patron and my lineage oh. so um to be covered or studded with baby no that's Ooh. the second definition of a problem or difficulty trouble or threaten persistently so uh, yeah you you are you are beset by I am, something i am yes i am i i almost went with the beleaguered it's like a little more extreme than beset yeah um so i yeah i am uh beset by my family's Herringon lineage which is to oh. say there was uh, an ancestor and we use one of uh, so I partly I came up with some weird stuff for Shadowfell stuff for this but I also wanted to base this off of Hollow Knight a little bit and I was like oh. when am I going to be Raven Queenie if not now so True. yes Raven Shadowfell Raven Queen here we go that's my patron um, okay but the the found the founding and I've been watching a lot of Attack on Titan so the founding Herringon of the Shadowfell the one that first came and made babies, lots of babies, okay. um, took a pact with the Raven Queen to sustain life here. They probably had to run away from some terrible tragedy in the, mater- in the oh, material okay. plane. Okay, to live on the Shadowfell, they had to make a pact. So we're Shadowfell, Heron gone. Ooh. And um, so we've been passing down the sharpened bone of my ancestor to wield as a weapon. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's a very integral part of the story. I like so it. I equipped, I'm going to talk about this first, as I equipped the short sword of vengeance, 
Um, is this going to be your unhallowed character? <laughs> maybe. That would be pretty good. Yeah, okay, um, continue. <laughs> oh, Warlock again. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. It's got a curse on it. The sword is cursed and possessed by a vengeful spirit, my ancestor. Becoming uh, attuned to it extends the curse to you, which I am. As long as you remain cursed, you are unwilling to part with the sword, keeping it on your person at all times. While attuned to this weapon, you have the uh, you have disadvantage on attack rolls made with weapons other than this one. Okay. In addition, while the sword is on your person, you must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw whenever you take damage in combat. On a failed save, you must attack the creature that damaged you until you drop to zero hit points or it does oh shit or okay. until you can't reach that fool okay so so attack. it's mostly a detriment it's just almost entirely a detriment yeah it's yeah. forcing me to use this sword the sword is good it's plus one magic sword. yeah but but, like, but, it, but it's got detrimental stuff like you gotta duel people to death and also you can never use another weapon i'm probably gonna be dueling people to death based off of where we go with this character yeah um, you can break the curse in the usual ways <laughs> i can't believe it says that alternatively casting banishment on the sword forces the vengeful spirit to leave it the sword then becomes a plus one weapon with no other properties but we have not been freed of this curse this is a, a weapon that we pass down um and you you uh, carry on the lineage of the beset. You become the beset when you take on the sword. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Is my thing. I like this a lot, actually. This I, is really cool, dude. Uh, this is gonna be my mo one of my most serious Harangons. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I know you said you want to run a Harangon in Unhallowed, and like this is fucking cool. Yeah, this is. This, <laughs> um, the visual is I'm I'm a small Harangon wearing like uh, oh I took some cool armor too. I should the inventory was really fun on this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I took adamantine scale mail, which we don't have to have if this is my Unhallowed character. Yeah, that's yeah, very powerful. Yeah, but um, I'm okay with doing powerful items on characters for this stuff just yeah because we're, we're showcasing uh, a concept yeah. yeah the suit of armor is reinforced with adamantine one of the hardest substances in existence while you're wearing it any critical hit against you becomes a normal hit a gift from the raven queen also passed down um i have the boots of false tracks so i can change my tracks into uh shape of a different humanoid different size uh you know within reason nice. and i have the ring of force resistant another gift from my patron you have resistance to force damage while wearing the sapphire ring because i hunt down other warlocks mm -hmm. and they're gonna eldritch blast me so i'm yeah, gonna be yeah. doing pretty good um why do you hunt down other warlocks i think um that probably because the raven queen doesn't like them um i don't know i didn't get that far with that part of the concept i i had another i had a player in one of my games that was a warlock and um they didn't know who their patron was exactly, but I knew. Um, and they said they didn't necessarily want to know until it was a cool story reveal. Mm -hmm. And the kind of gimmick I had going on with the Warlocks is like they have a lot of patrons around. And it's a little game that the patron is playing. Is like you have to find and kill the other Warlocks to gain their power. Oh, shit. So part of the only way that they could level up was to like follow the path of their Warlock. is like kind of Jetly's the one. Right, they right. They kill the other Warlock and, and they get absorb the Warlock power. That's crazy. That's how they get new patron power. Interesting. Um, so I kind of wanted something like that with this guy. I, I haven't fully fleshed out exactly how or what that means or what uh, maybe 5e Raven Queen would be a more of a, a good subject for creating that kind of scenario yeah that that that's an option for sure like to prove your worth to me go find this my rogue warlocks like i could take their power but i want you to do it sort of thing yeah like prove yourself to me um so i'm a murderer <laughs> <laughs> a little bunny murderer uh, my armor kind of has like dark um like little kind of spikes like the um 
the third Lord of the Rings, the Death Knight, the Nazgul, the Nazgul, yeah. the Witch King, the Witch King. He yeah. kind of armor, you know, his armor has got like fucking spires. Yeah, yeah, spires yeah, absolutely. Stuff like that. That's like, fucking epic. Almost like um, uh, the bunny from the, um, hmm. the evil bunny from the what's that fucking movie? The director, the one that made uh, evil bunny. Talking about no, you're not talking about Donnie Darko. Not Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, my uh, my patron is Donny the Donnie Darko. Bunny. Donnie. No, the one with uh, the funny movie. The funny movie. Um, with his a- butt's a scratch. What the fuck am I trying to say? Oh, uh, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Mo- uh, Monty Python. Uh, Monty Python. And yeah, Holy Grail. like uh, I kind of imagining. Isn't that bunny wear like dark armor? Oh, dude, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember a bunny. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Um, there's a bunny in Monty Python. When I I'm make Aragons like this, I think of it. Okay. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much it. I like have to go do the Raven Queen's bidding, whatever that is, um, which is like undeath. She's she's mad about it. She wants people to yeah, pass on. She is mad about it. Um, yeah. The killer bunny. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's not wearing armor at no, all. No, it's not. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of the dude that gets. I think you're thinking about the Black Knight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and that at the same time. Those are the two most iconic scenes from yeah. that movie. I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's um, what else is worth? Okay, so my spells. You know, we, I'm using regular hex. I'm using like really all my spells are going to be really aggressive. I have one booming blade, like Eldritch Blast. I took friends as a cantrip. That's I'm interesting. Only, That's an interesting choice. Well, I'm also okay. So. I let's go over my stats. I think yeah. that, that might be better to explain. I have a plus three to strength, very strong, uh, plus zero dex, plus three con. So I'm a beef. I'm one of the beefiest warlocks I've ever made. I have a <laughs> minus one intelligence. Okay. I have a plus one to wisdom and plus two to charisma. Interesting. Um, I built my warlock at level eight. He's got 14 uh, AC and 67 HP. I got a plus four to wisdom and plus five to charisma saving throws. Mm-hmm. I am proficient in deception, history, insight, intimidation. Uh, perception, persuasion, and religion. Okay. This is all very on-brand stuff. Um, a lot of um, like charming magic and aggressive magic, and that's it. So friends, suggestion. Um, they're not. I'm not trying to be cool about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to charm you now. Right, like, right. Since you, you I might failed my role and you don't want to help me or whatever the fuck it's going to end up being. I'm going to just like impose my will and it, i i think it's mostly about following leads mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like trying to figure out like okay i'm looking for a specific person did they do did you see any crazy magic go on here in the last few days or like i am having trouble envisioning like what sort of little missions the raven queen would send me on but yeah i kind of want it to involve like this hunting of other patrons it's yeah no I, I like it i think it's really cool yeah and the party like if i get a join a party it's because the raven queen queen willed it because they will be on the path that involves like crossing these other warlocks right okay i think that's really cool it'll be like uh we set up camp for the night like okay guys uh i'm gonna take my stroll i'll be back and then i walk back into town and like fucking murk somebody in their sleep <laughs> holy shit yeah, yeah stuff that. like that okay Real that's really cool shit in the yeah, background. yeah yeah um almost like an assassin yeah, kind of. Like, like I could almost see this. You just take one level in Hexblade and go rogue assassin the other way. Yeah. That'd be cool. They might have some pertinent information that they need to tell me, so I kill them and turn them into a specter and force them to tell me. <laughs> That'd be super cool. That's Holy fucking shit. fucking awesome. Actually, but your specter can't talk is the problem. Oh, yeah. But okay. maybe maybe there's a workaround. Uh, they can draw. 
You can make a draw. <laughs> draw it. Write it down. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Show me what I need. Maybe it's like I need to get like the a piece of a rune for a spell. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a piece of the information that their specter's got to draw it out. We'll figure something out. Yeah. No, I think that's freaking awesome. What was the name? One more time. Valheim? Oh, yeah. uh, Valheim. Valheim uh, Leopardi. Leopardi the, the Beset. I fucking love it. It's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Your turn. All right. So uh, at the beginning of this episode, I talked about how uh, I like to reflavor the Hexblade. I don't like that it's so locked into the the specific thing of the Shadowfall. And I love the Shadowfall. I think it's great. But um, so I went the polar opposite. I've created an ASMR Hexblade known as Evangeline the Avenger. And I was very much inspired by the fourth edition Avenger class, which is like a holy crusader and assassin. And uh, you do talk about that a lot. It's a very good class. Yeah. It's a cool concept that never made it to 5e. Mm. Um, it's definitely a fan favorite as well. Um, so Evangeline is an ASMR, um, which means she has angelic blood and, and or is like a, an angel sent down, depending on uh, who you ask. But mm-hmm. in 5e, they introduced this idea that all ASMR are born with like the celestial patron, if you will, who kind of like whispers their destiny to them and like they can choose to follow it or not. And in this case, Evangeline's patron is an angel. Who I have not named because okay. I didn't get that in depth. But basically, her angel, um, Roma Downey, Roma Downey, definitely <laughs> Roma Downey. Her angel, Roma Downey, um, has has granted her more more powers, more akin to a warlock than a a cleric. And uh, rather than go the celestial path, I chose the hexblade path because she is a, basically a holy assassin, oh. a holy killer. So um, her stats are she she. She's uh, specced into dexterity, so it's a zero strength, but a plus two dex, plus two constitution, zero intelligence, plus one wisdom, and plus four charisma. Um, she's trained in insight, intimidation, religion, and stealth. And um, her, let me see here. So she has, you know, all the stuff that they get. Oh, yeah, invocations. I chose Relentless Hex as a bonus action. You can magically teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see within five feet of the target, cursed by your hex. So she she's relentless. She comes after them. Did I you for, take the same I, thing? I forgot to even go over mine after the last one. I made such an emphasis about how important they are. They oh. are important. I felt like I was forgetting something. Yeah, yeah, go did. for it. Yeah, what do you got? Um, okay. Did you take on. Relentless Hex? I'm pulling them up now. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I took stuff that lines up with my um, proficiency stuff. That's mm-hmm. why. Okay, and like the ideals. So Devil's Sight, you can see normally in darkness, both magical and non-magical. Beguiling Influence, you gain proficiency in deception and persuasion. That's how I got so many skills. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiendish Vigor, you can cast False Life on yourself at will as a first level spell without nice. expending a spell slot. So I'm a little tougher all the time than I should be. Um, and Eldritch Mind, you have advantage on con saves, uh, con saving throws that you make to maintain concentration on spell. And the idea was to take a lot of concentration spells to up the action economy. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Sorry for interrupting. You're good, dude. You're good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for Evangeline's other invocations here, uh, I chose Thirsting Blade. That's kind of an obvious one. It basically makes it so you can attack twice. And she's in the melee. So Uh, Ghostly Gaze, once per short rest as an action, you gain the ability to see through solid objects uh, with dark vision to a range of 30 feet. So... Just part of her, like, hunting down the unholy, if you will. Cool. Uh, Eldritch Smite, once per turn, when you hit a creature with your packed weapon, you can expend a Warlock spell slot to deal an extra 1d8 force damage to the target, plus another 1d8 per level of the spell slot, so she can hit real hard. Nice. I'm seeing a lot of your stuff is from Xanathar's Guide. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I took almost all players' handbook stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, as an ASMR, she already gets dark vision. She gets resistant to both necrotic and radiant damage. Um, she gets the healing hands feature where once per long rest as an action, she can touch a creature and restore. Right now, it looks like eight hit points. Uh, she knows the light cantrip as an ASMR. And she has a feature called Radiant Soul. Once per long rest as an action, you can transform, gaining glimmering eyes and two incorporeal wings. For one minute, you until you or until the end of it as a bonus action, you have a flying speed of 30 feet. And once per turn, you can have one attack or spell deal eight additional radiant damage. So she does a lot of radiant stuff. She That's can sprout cool. angel wings. Um, I also had her take the feet uh, magic initiate cleric. Um, and I chose three spells that don't require a spell save because she doesn't have great wisdom, but she can use guidance as a cantrip or thaumaturgy as a cantrip. Uh, both don't need saves uh, and bless as a first level spell. That's fucking cool. So just a little extra holy like zest on top of the spells that I had her choose. Which yeah, we'll super cohesive build. For yeah. Sure. Um, see, so that was her feet. Oh, let's go to spells real quick. I forgot. I'll read feats while you're doing that because I took durable. Increase your con <laughs> score by one when you roll a hit die to regain HP. The minimum hit HP regained from the roll equals six. So my hit die, my short rest stuff is going to be crazy. Nice. Uh, piercer, you gain uh, a bonus to strength or dex. I took strength. Once per turn, you can re-roll the piercing damage from an attack on a critical hit. You can roll one additional damage die. So that's going to go with my sword, which is the bone of my, my ancestor. It's fucking awesome. I mm -hmm. love it. Um, for spells, I tried to choose stuff that was either fire, light, or um, smite related. Mm. So for for the cantrips, the ones that kind of stick out to me is uh, create bonfire. Yeah. Um, so that's a that can be used offensively, but it's also just handy. When it's just you're a making, cool. It's just a cool spell. Cool spell for camping. Yeah, which you do a lot. And it's two d eight fire damage. Um, guidance she got from her feet. Light. Uh, lightning lure, because again, she's up in it. That's 2d8 lightning damage. Mm. And Thaumaturgy, she got from her feet. Um, Bless, which she got from her feet. Um, so she gets Branding Smite, which is fire. Or is that Radiant? No, that's Radiant. That's a Radiant Smite she can do wow. as a spell. Um, she get, has the Fly spell. The Fear spell, which I think is also very angelic, because you know angels can inspire awe and fear. Yeah. Uh, hold Person, help her like keep her quarry. Um, remove Curse. Shield, sickening radiance. This was an interesting one. So let me. Uh, there we go. Sickening radiance. Um, it is a evocation spell. Dim greenish light spreads within a thirty foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. The light spreads around corners and it lasts until the spell ends. When a creature moves into the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, that creature must make a must succeed on con saving throw or take four d ten radiant damage, suffer one level of exhaustion, and emit a dim greenish light in a five foot radiance. This light makes it impossible for the creature to benefit from being invisible. The light and any levels of exhaustion caused by this spell go away when the spell ends. Fairy fire. So it's like fairy fire plus exhaustion plus radiant damage. Now it it, it is a dim greenish light. I'm just gonna reflavor that into an angel like a cold, bright angelic light. The silver lining. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's um, where the Care Bears are doing shit these days in a place called the Silver Lining. What? For people you... with kids that watch Care Bears, you know what's up. Oh, interesting. They look great. They sound great too. Uh she also has staggering smite and wrathful smite. Um both I one does psychic damage. Both do psychic damage. <laughs> so she will attack your mind without That's cool. That's without psychic question. damage is so good. It is. Um, for special items from her patron, uh, she has an armor of gleaming, which just means it's shiny and doesn't need to be cleaned. Sure. It's like um, they have that smoking armor. 
Yeah. It doesn't do shit except for smoke. Exactly. Why do I want that? Because it looks cool. I guess um, so. But most importantly, her, her Hexblade weapon that she got from her patron is called the Crystal Rapier. Okay. Um, this magic sword's blade is fashioned from a horn or spine of a crystal dragon. When you hit with an attack roll using the sword, the target takes an extra 1d8 radiant damage. The sword has three charges and regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. When you hit a creature with an attack roll using the sword, you can spend one charge to regain a number of hit points equal to the extra radiant damage the sword deals. Damn. While you're holding the sword, you can use a bonus action to cause it to shed bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for another 30 feet um, to cause it or 30 feet to cause it to shed a dim light in a 10 foot radius or to douse the light. So that sword's super on brand. Yeah. For it's our super, last dragon episode. It is. And, and it's, it's like super on brand for clean this. energy and all that. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. So I just want to show like, if you just reflavor some things, you can turn what is like a shadow darkness class into literally the polar opposite. And it's very easy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I not even technically reflavoring anything, actually. The only thing I, I'm reflavoring is the the spell sickening radiance i'm turning it from gross green to shining white yeah but everything else but is an aesthetic li- manipulation this yeah. shouldn't be a problem right and everything else is mechanically exactly the same there's n- there's absolutely nothing i've really changed here it'd be cool to kind of like leave that dark shit in with your character and be like hey why do your spells kind of look kind of weird kind of evil right yeah <laughs> and, you could you could you definitely find, do that you find out later like i've been serving a bad god all this time yeah you you definitely could do that um at level six the accursed specter thing that's not even necessarily out of brand because it's like you've slain theoretically something evil if you're this character and before their soul departs you say no and they they become shackled if you will in like bonds of light it's like you're gonna serve good in this last moment before you go to hell yeah and, and like you want to taste what that good shit tastes like yeah for uh for her background i chose acolyte so oh know, that's what i did too yeah she's part of a, of a of a religious sect you know a secret sect that would recognize her symbol and and give her shelter and all that other stuff um and i want to say that's everything i think i got it all um her hit points are where, 59 59 hit points 16 armor class but she's good. wearing that breastplate um and yeah so that's evangeline the avenger what level is your character uh level eight i believe oh we built okay we, yeah. we had the same yeah. idea here so nice there it is that's really cool i like that i like that warlock i love asmr they're a very cool race indeed um, i like using them a lot as you will find out soon when we do super quest omega very nice uh, okay yeah, I took I took Alkalite as well, and it has to do with like our little hobble of Harangon, like worshiping the Raven Queen. You probably like live near her, or like in her. I don't, I don't in know her what near her means. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, All right. Well, with that being said, I think we are ready for a long rest. I think we should. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. Not as long as my Eldritch Blast. Ah, let's go. It's 300 feet, baby. Spell Sniper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Don't Whatever invocation that. that is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. No checklist? What's up? No, no checklist? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, tell the audience how much you love them while I pull up. I love you guys. Thank you guys for making it to this part of the episode. Thank you guys for supporting us. Speaking of supporting us, if you are looking to do so in a monetary fashion, the best way you could do that is 
to uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Dungeon Cast. It's the number one way to support us. It takes a ton of time and resources to make this show. And in exchange, there's stuff there. Lots of stuff. Lots of live play stuff, uh, early episodes. Exclusive original, merchandise. Yeah, exclusive merchandise. Uh, original, uh, I was going to say sound content, original music. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All the, all the OST for this show, FBAT, yeah. Super Quest Saga, anything we do is there. Ranger Danger, all that stuff. All yeah. the OST is there. If you want the show, uh, any of these shows, with no ads whatsoever, you can get it there. And early. And early. Like three, one to three weeks early each yeah. time. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's show notes. The characters that we create, they eventually get uploaded there. Mm-hmm. Um Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're consuming the show. It helps a lot. helps a ton. helps so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a merch store. Uh, we do. Spreadshirt.com slash the Dungeon Cast. Mm-hmm. We have items there. Links like, in the description. And we got shirts. We got jackets. We got hats. We got beanies. We got purses. We got everything. Link will never find the Triforce in the description of this episode. <laughs> it's just not simply not there. Uh, spread the word. Grab a man by his ankles and pull pull him i mean don't don't assault anybody but please tell people about the show spread the word on social media uh drop links to your favorite episodes to your peeps yeah we got discord twitter instagram tiktok the discord's a great place run by wonderful people that um it's a very very good community to get in yourself some extra D D. talk to people run by some character builds your dungeon master ideas all that stuff it's there for people to uh, give you like constructive constructive criticism if that's what you're looking for, or just if you want to spill out an idea. Um, you know, sometimes people would just be doing that in our comment section, just like not related to anything we're talking about in the episode. They're just like, you know what, I did this shit. Yep, I think that's wonderful. It is really cool. Just hit me with it. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're here. You you obviously need to talk about it. And we're here for you to talk about it. And you, there's lots of outlets for that, and they all help us uh, get visibility on the show. Which is uh, the idea here is to. Um, get get the word out and get people listening to the show as much as we can help the help the community grow. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to our warlocks stuff, Herringon verse. I think I'm gonna do a real long string of female Herringons for a while. Oh, nice, sounds I've good. Been all males so far, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I think you have. Yeah, I can't think of uh, any of the female. Yeah, Herringon, so we're we're so. gonna do a long streak of females and other you know options for gender and stuff mm-hmm. on our way. Definitely. So, uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Is there anything coming up? I don't think so. I think oh, we could. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do you feel about let's just squeeze this in at the third episode of our recording session? Uh, we really should have got this two episodes ago. <laughs> but, dude, Spelljammer and uh, Dragonlance. Yes. In Dungeons um, & Dragons. is very exciting. 5e. Yes, absolutely. Those were 3e stuff? Uh, or, or were they also 4e? I couldn't remember. No, Dragonlance, neither I don't think ever made it to 4e, it which three, is sad. Huh? Uh, I think 3E might have been the last stop for both second, of them. Second, Definitely second and third. Definitely second edition. Because when we pull up Spelljammer stuff, it's like black and white second and Yeah, third it's very stuff. old. Um, I'm very excited for both. Uh, Dragonlance is on a t- date to be announced, so I think we got a couple years. But um, Spelljammer's coming out this August, and spoiler alert, we're going to do, before it comes out, we have a Spelljammer introduction episode scheduled. Ooh. Yes. Gel spammer. <laughs> Uh, that's fucking awesome. I was hyped to see it. They they did really good with their um their launch. D and D Beyond is also now a par- officially a part of Wizards of the Coast. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm sure a lot of people I do. Mean, so. It seems to make sense. I mean, it's their content, so yeah. Well, they were separate entities. And yeah, yeah. And it's just out. it, it kind of makes sense that they would be under Wizards. So if Wizards bought them or or whatever, I mean, it seems Some like it makes merger. sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
when we get to those episodes, we'll have more information about them. Right now, it's just hype. It's like all hype train. All hype. Um, but yeah, we will have episodes about that. So we, I'm glad we got that in at least that, even though we're a couple of recording uh, episodes late, we did it at the same recording session. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, guys, we'll we'll call it a game. Let's call it a game. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.